human thought, all science, all religion, is the holding of a candle. Philosophical minds are Are we human because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at them because we are human? Point the tree. Do the stars were right back, they could plunge our world to questions. Sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we'll be playing session seven of Loki's Gift from Cults of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason, and friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dr. Ephraim Glifford, uh, Cthulhu's newest cultist. Jason. I'm playing Gabrielle Halsey, and I'm about to steal some Loki's. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Noxicals. I'm playing Francis Avery, and. Uh... Is there really any point to any of this? Or? Lydia. I'm playing Alice Thorne, who wishes she had stayed at home with a good book. And I'm Fedra, your keeper for the day. And no matter what, the show must go on. Jason, tell us what happened last time. Showtime. After several days of investigating the death of an up-and-coming composer, the party attends the infamous play Loki's Gift, hoping to finally find the answers they need. At 8pm sharp, the party takes their seats in the aptly named Green Theatre on Shaftesbury Avenue. As the plot of the play unfolds, its themes are far more suited to a Brechtian audience rather than London's Victorian residents due to its harrowing existential themes. Life is meaningless, and humanity is a mere joke, an amusing distraction for something far beyond our comprehension. By the time the play reaches its climax, the message has been hammered home, and the joke, along with the world, is coming to an end. The recurring character of the play, a mysterious man in black, utters the name Cthulhu, and Francis and Ephraim, sitting in their seats with their mouths agape, begin to repeat it also. And all the while, Ridley's music plays as an accompanying soundtrack. Gabriella and Alice remain lucid throughout, while hysteria, vomiting, and a clawing hopelessness swallows the rest of the audience whole. Eventually, the play's protagonist hangs himself in a dramatic end scene, and the cast receives a standing ovation. As Chillingworth bows and the audience begin to come to their senses, it is obvious that not all the cast members were present for the curtain call. However, Francis and Ephraim are both gasping for air, and Alice and Gabriella help them outside to calm down. Once recovered, the party heads back to the after-party in Soho. Upon entering the now extremely busy art studio and attempting to mill around, Ruth takes the party to one side and confesses that Chillingworth is going to sacrifice a group of people tonight. She believes them to be locked up, 
perhaps in the attic or even the basement. A plan of sorts is hatched, and the party attempts to find the keys, while another green statuette looks on. What could possibly go wrong? So, you're on your way to steal some keys from a man named Sam. Ruth casually leads you back downstairs and points him out in the front room. Sam is a white male in his mid-thirties, dressed in a loose-fitting smock. He is engaged in conversation with a small group of men, currently. Is there any, um, any music playing or any kind of smoke filling in the air that Gabriella could use for atmosphere? There's no smoke, but there's some parlor music playing as uh, before. Okay. Um, is that is that on a record? Sorry, or do you mean like? Uh, uh, I think record. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think if there are any more records there next to the gramophone, I think Gabriella would look for something a bit more uh, fast-paced, exciting that she could put on to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. There might be some more uh, ballroom music. Okay. Um, ballroom music, great, but not too gushy, more like a ta-da sort of thing, although obviously she doesn't really know much music, so... Is ragtime a thing yet? Uh, or are we a bit early for that? It's Yeah, about 20 years too early, unfortunately. Ah. I don't know what's exciting, to be honest, uh, at that time. <laughs> but... Yeah, would uh, how knowledgeable would Gabriella be as well? Because it's record, so you'd have to know. Peak po popularity was 1895 to 1919, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Gabriella doesn't really know much about music, so she'd look for an exciting title of a record. Um, whereas Player Me would have a better idea of what to go for if that was <laughs> available. But obviously, you know, metagaming, so no. Roll me luck. Why not? Okay. Oh, that's a fail by three. You put a very <sighs> slow waltz on. Okay. Um, Gabrielle hopes it gets a bit faster as it goes on, but she's going to slowly approach Sam and um, with a bit of fluttering of eyelashes, she's going to gracefully take him by the hand and try and gently pull him into the center of the room is that a charm oh yeah very much a charm it's not like a you know come here sort of thing it's very much come here a brawl <laughs> no, no 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 she's not she's not going for that she what she wants to do is try and sort of get him into the center and then start announcing um you know to get everyone looking at him you know you know center of attention sort of thing Mm -hmm. Maybe Sam likes a woman who takes charge on the dance floor and just... Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. Right, come on, Dice. You failed me a few times already, so uh, get your ass in gear. Oh, no, that is a fail too. Would you like to push or spend luck? I think that's a lot of luck to spend, to be honest, so I think I'll try and push. What are you going to do? What I'd like to do is start announcing a bit earlier by saying, This man, Sam, I feel the spirits want to speak with him. Allow me to be your medium. Let's see what happens. Right, new dice. Here we go. 
New dice, who dis? Six, yes! Extreme, thank you very much. Wow, okay, that, that worked for you. Well done. What did you What did you do to the dice? Did you dip them in honey before you rolled them? No, I, I was I was using the wrong dice because I've, I've got dice designed for this, well not designed, but I've got dice chosen for this scenario which I forgot to use, so Oh, okay. They spoke. Neglected. Yeah. <laughs> he seems intrigued and he follows you. Uh, he looks at his friends, kind of shrugs and then follows you, uh, eagerly awaiting what you have to say next. Kind of with amusement, um, amusement on his face. Very nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not being dead serious either. I'm being kind of uh, jokey a little bit so and, and like, inviting and things. Um, and then I'm going to sort of carefully place a hand on his shoulder and close my eyes and say, yes, yes, I can feel them. They are delighted to be in your presence. Your name, Sam. Yes. Wow. They say it is Sam. It is Sam. Amazing. What else can you do? They are telling me something, and she does the whole kind of putting her hand to her temple. They are saying something, something about perhaps something in your possession, something important, perhaps, um, perhaps a book or a bunch of keys, something with a function. Oh, I think you're getting confused, but I tell you, I do have something with a function on me that I'd like to show you. Would you like to um take this party upstairs? It's right here in my uh, pocket. I would love to, but not in, not in, not in front of the spirits. The charm offensive went too well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting extreme. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> In fact, um, you probably can read my mind, can't you? So you know what I like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, what what she'll do is uh, she'll start smoothing him down at the sides and kind of slowly getting towards his hips, hoping to feel some keys, you know, in his trouser pocket, perhaps, or... You know, in like a, if he's wearing a jacket, like a lower jacket pocket. Yeah, uh, you start patting him down and he uh, follows your lead and also starts patting you down. Uh, do you persist? I think I would. Um, it's part of the Gabriella, dance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gabriella obviously knows what he wants. And what she's thinking is, you know, if if it ends up that he he's so, you know, in entranced with her and wanting to take her upstairs, then so be it. You know, if he takes off his clothes, then that means that the keys are potentially more accessible anyway. Um, so yeah, at, at the moment she's kind of playing it out. Um, you do feel says, the keys in his pocket. Okay. Um, are they easily accessible? Um, you know, while you're letting him grope you, I'm gonna say, yeah. Okay. She does a feigned gasp of uh, surprise almost and says, well, the spirits do tell me the truth. You do have keys. What are they for? If that's what you'd like to call it, uh, it's spiritual keys and lock the, the door to your kingdom. Uh, 
Uh, I'll, I'll show you what they're for. Let's let's go upstairs. She uh, she tries to kind of gracefully take them out of his pocket and almost dangle them in front of his face. Oh wait, no, I'm not supposed to give you those. Give them back. I, I, that's not what I thought you were talking about. Give them. But uh, the spirits—they are talking about this. I must I must clasp my hands around these keys. It is. It is a way of, of speaking to them more strongly. No, it's gone too far. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to have to get them back. I've, I've been given strict orders to not give those to anyone. That's not what I thought you were talking about. Come on, baby. Don't don't be like that. Let's let's give me back the keys and we can we can we can talk about it. She slowly hands back the keys and says, I thought you didn't want to talk. It seemed much more of a physical proposal, wouldn't you say? That still stands. Very well, keys or no keys. We're here to have a good time after all, aren't we not? Indeed. And I'm hoping to kind of calm him back down and get him all happy again, basically, and pacify him. Um, but if he is wanting to lead me upstairs, I will follow him. He gives the keys to one of his friends and starts following you upstairs. Um, okay. What has everyone um, else been doing? I was just about this? to ask the same question. Are you there with me? I mean, turning bright red, I think. Definitely keeping an eagle eye on the keys now that they've uh, transferred possession. How uh, how weedy and easily intimidatable does this uh, Sam's friend look? Uh, not very. It's not Cecil, They're is They're both quite... They're not much smaller than Cecil. Mm. And they're also in a group. Oh boy. And you're not you're not, not certain that everyone there is quite faithful to Chillingworth. Wait, what? How many negatives are in that sentence? Double negative. So you feel like people here might be quite faithful to Chillingworth if you start trouble. Yeah, I think there's only one thing for it. We're going to have to take all these gentlemen upstairs. <laughs> Orgy time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when they all take off their trousers, we lock them in the room and run off with their trousers. We'll mm -hmm. be here all night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, because you locked us in. <laughs> Ephraim has no problem with this, I am assuming. <laughs> Ephraim is three drinks in by this point. <laughs> oh, he's changed oh, his uh, ways. <laughs> oh, I'm going to remember that. He's going full bohemian. He has been rattled. And uh, this is a very confusing, unpleasant place to be. And now apparently there's kidnappings involved. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. What's, what's our game plan here? Pickpocket, I ain't. Mm. Help me. <laughs> yeah, Gabriella's going <laughs> going upstairs with Sam. Yeah, hang on a minute. If, yeah. if, um, yeah. if, if, it, looks like if it looks like both Gabriella is being led upstairs and the keys have been left behind, I think Francis will um, step up towards Sam on the stairs and sort of tap him neatly on the shoulder and say, what on earth are you doing with my friend? Uh, that's between uh, me and your friend. Unless, of course, you don't know what it is, in which case I can explain it to you afterwards. <laughs> I, I think I have a picture book somewhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Francis Burr. will go very red and then say she... She, she, she came here with me. Oh, yeah? You want to fight me for her? Gabrielle's nodding her head in the background. Well, I... Um... <laughs> Francis is getting punched in the face again. 
if that's necessary. Okay. And he uh, tries to grab you. Oh. I don't think like that, though. <laughs> well, no. no. Unfortunately. Not in that way. Inspiry rules. And all that. <laughs> He's uh, heading straight for your key. <laughs> he wants to grasp his hand around my key. <laughs> okay, well, bizarrely, I've got a better chance of brawl than I have of dodge. Ah, oh, man. Can I assist at this juncture? What would you like to do? Uh, I don't want to let Francis wander off by himself and pick a fight with a burly man on the stairs. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I'd probably start... I, let's say I've got two empty glasses in my hand. Um, so initially, I just walk up to them like, uh, you know, let's not have any trouble here, gent style of thing. But has he, has he literally already grabbed Francis? Um, he was going to grab him from, like, the shirt to give him a spook. Uh, but I haven't rolled yet. Okay. Are you trying to prevent that while he, they're having the conversation, or are you trying to get them after? Depends. Um, yeah, to be, I don't think I was like close enough to prevent it happening. So I'd okay. like to, I'd like to give it a shout after it's happened. Okay. Would you like to f- push him away? Uh, I will try and bat his hands away. Okay. Nope. That's a success. Yeah. So he just grabs you from the collar and is like, you are a very small man. (laughs) I'm not that small, I'm perfectly average. (laughs) That's what you should tell the ladies, I'm sure that works for you. Now why don't you leave me and your friend? We have a conversation we have to finish upstairs and he uh, drops you back down. He has uh, successfully shown his strength. Don't say I didn't warn you. It took a whole course of antibiotics last time. <laughs> yes, that's a much better play. That is a really good strategy, absolutely. Oh, well done, yes, good. <laughs> yes. Oh, is that uh, Gabriella has an STD play? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Syphilis. I'm just speechless, you guys. Is antibiotics a thing in the 1890s? It probably the isn't, clap. is it? Not yet. It's Maybe true, no. you know, she's on the mercury and the arsenic. <laughs> oh, yeah. All those good wholesome she things. She turns to you, Gabriella. Is that true? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jason. <laughs> Again, Gabriella is speechless, but she does have good fast talk. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, how would she Um... I, I, you, you've really thrown a curveball. <laughs> I am, I am so stumped in this moment. <laughs> My friend's just accusing me of having all the STDs. <laughs> uh, Are you really trying to preserve your reputation with Sam over here? I mean, no. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> but maybe. I mean, we'll see how the evening goes. He seems quite strong, you know. He and he has strong. a key. He had a key, but there still. is that. He doesn't have the key anymore. Show him the rash, Gabriella, dear. <laughs> it hasn't been weeping for days. Gabriella scowls slightly at the three of you, but then smiles again at Sam and says, Ignore them, they're just a bit jealous. I thought so. Oh, well, Let's some, go. Someone doesn't want rescuing, okay. <laughs> well, it's your funeral. I guess you can go and get the keys. Francis gives you like a sort of questioning, like, am I... I do. I don't know what to do. Look. Ruth appears like she was kind of vaguely watched. She's like, what's happening? I, th- I thought you were going to get the keys. What? It, 
it didn't it didn't go very well and now Gabriella appears to be going upstairs to have relations. No, we should we should stick together, right? This is God. What do you suggest? He's not going to just hand them over, is he? Well, he has, but to somebody else. To uh, that large gentleman over there. Which is even worse. Maybe if, if we distract him, someone can get them from him. Not me, because he knows me, but if someone distracts him, then someone can grab them. It, surely. He's not even put them in his pockets. He's just holding them, waiting for his friend. All right, I was hoping we, we wouldn't have to do this, but um, might be time to puke all over this guy. <laughs> this is escalating really quickly. Best best way I can uh, think of uh, to get him to <laughs> is it, did you say he's still just holding the keys? Yeah, he, he just took them. He hasn't put them in his pocket yet. Well, all right, but I don't know how to like get them away from him without him making a fuss about it. Um, short of puking all over them. That's my best suggestion. Anyone got a better idea? You could wait. I'm, I'm sure he's going to you know? put them in his pocket soon. Like well, then we puke on his trousers and then we get his trousers off. <laughs> Goodness. Do you know, I think it's a valid strategy at this point. I don't have a the better puking. one. <laughs> okay, Gabrielle and Sam are going upstairs and uh, Ephraim is going to puke on this other guy. Eph- Ephraim's working on his fourth drink, so he's kind of getting there anyway. He's, yeah, Ephraim's not doing well. <laughs> All right, anyone got a better plan or are we doing this? Okay, you're puking. Is anyone taking the keys? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how I would take the keys. Well, I think um, my plan is to is to do a kind of stumbling drunken mess performance, knock him over, puke all over him, and then you know someone like, tries to help him out. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. You know, etc. We grab the keys does, and the commotion. Off with Does pops. anybody other than Gabriella have either fast talk or sleight of hand? Mm-mm. No. Um, this, the this book is... allows it to happen without a roll if you have a diversion. Oh, that's kind. We're overthinking this extremely. <laughs> you needn't puke, come to think of it. You could just spill your drink on him yeah, or, like, that's... spill your plate of food. But he wants to puke, so double whammy. One step ahead of you. And he's just grabbed a fistful of canapes and he's, like, munching them up into a kind of slurry in his mouth. Oh, and God. you see him kind of, like, suck his cheeks in so you can't tell his mouth's full. And then he, like, gives you a <laughs> double thumbs up. Oh. And, uh, he's ready, locked and loaded. Okay, and who's in charge of helping you up slash grabbing the keys? I mean, the more the merrier, right? This isn't a too many cooks situation. The bigger the diversion, the better. (laughs) I think Francis is still standing at the bottom of the stairs looking up after Gabriella, like, what the hell do I do? (laughs) Okay, so Alice, uh, you're left. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Yep, Alice will pick him up. She always has a clean hanky. Gabriella's going up with with Sam. Okay, let's do it. All right, well, I start leaning on Gabriella's shoulder empty drink sort of uh, sagging at my side and then I, I totter over towards the guy and then at the last second I veer into him and then <laughs> Oh, what? Oh, oh what? What, oh, for, you, oh. Oh, what a... Oh, you poor thing. Come, oh, come here. Come oh, here. I'm sorry. I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, I don't know what oh, uh. people just don't know how to behave these days at a party. I start oh, sort of goodness. patting at him like I'm trying to help, but I'm just smearing it and I'm oh, trying to... Oh, too much n- opium. No, just leave it, leave it, leave it to me. And she'll kind of shoo him. I'm oh. trying to knock the keys out of his hand. I'm, I'm going to go clean up. I'm going to go clean up. Okay, okay, I'm off. I'm off. Was, was I able to knock the keys out of his hand or...? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we got him. Alice right, yeah. is going to stand over the keys so that it's not obvious that they're on the floor 
because her skirts will reach the floor. Perfect. So they're not going to like bend down and pick them up where people are watching. All right. He's acquired. For what it's worth, for when when Jason's ready, um, I'm planning on following them up, like not like right behind, like stop it, but like you know, like half a like a a floor behind them to sort of see what room they go into, so I can check that there aren't you know. Ruth has uh, hidden a bit, like taken a few steps behind, so it doesn't seem involved in this. Uh, but if you catch her eye, Alice and Ephraim, she kind of like eyes upstairs to follow the others. Mm-hmm. So you can grab the keys and also follow everyone upstairs. All right, gladly. Um, are we heading up to the third floor or just the second floor? The third floor. Okay, that's the one I wanted. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend to have heard some people up in the attic mm-hmm. and say, oh, what's going on up there? Uh, did you did you hear something? Yes, I, I could hear what sounded like people having fun up there. Why don't we join them? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I think because we're, we're not... Let's go to one of the other bedrooms. Uh, I've, I've been told that the attic is off limits, so... Oh, they're just saying that because they don't want you to have fun. Don't you want to show everyone how good you can be? Who's everyone? Well, if there's other people up there, have you never done it in front of anybody before? Is it all private behind closed doors? That sounds boring to me. Of course I have. That's That's not the problem. It's the... I'm not supposed to. I listen to Chillingworth. He has big plans for tonight, and I'm not gonna mess with them. So, if there are people up there, and yet it's off limits, what are people doing up there? Probably having a private orgy. That seems a little uh, hierarchical for the artist's mind. Sometimes you don't wanna. You maybe maybe it's the first one. They don't wanna get overwhelmed. Uh, at this point, uh, Francis, you've been following, and then uh, Ephraim, Alice, and Ruth are following behind you a few steps away. Can you hear what they're saying? She seems to be trying to convince him to, to go up to the attic, but we kind of don't want him to go up to the attic anymore. Just come on, old girl, get him out of the way. What if we uh, nip in there ahead of them and, um, you know... If there's, if they really are kidnapping captives or something, we can, we can let them out, or we can hide behind the door, give him a knock on the bonds as he comes in. Yes, that's a good idea because presumably there will be something lockable up there. We can keep him out of sight. That's right. We've got the keys. <laughs> yes, but if they're keeping prisoners, then it stands to reason the prisoners might be chained. Very true. The last thing we want is him raising an alarm. It is Sam. Am I going to be able to convince Sam to open the attic door or not? Uh, Probably not, and you also don't want that because you know he doesn't have the keys anymore. No, but at the same time, it was almost kind of to make anybody up there exposed and also to rule out, you know, if they're actually up here or if they're in the basement. But, okay, um, 
Gabriella will, will think of plan B, uh, which is to take him into a more secluded room and bash him on the bonds. Um, or something a bit more erotic, you know, we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. Um, bash him on the sexy What bonds. if he's into being <laughs> hit over the head? <laughs> we could stage a rescue pretty easily if Gabriella you doesn't out. know that you have the keys at the no, moment. No, no, she doesn't. No, she but she can not. safely assume that we would have followed. We clearly weren't very happy with her going upstairs. Okay, she will feign giving in to him and say, all right then, take me to the plushest room on this floor. The master bedroom it is. And right uh, you go to the kind of northmost room of the third floor that you start heading there. Everyone else, what, what are you doing? Ruth is like, don't don't let her go. We need to all stick together. What, what is she doing? Well, we see them, right? If yeah. We're, yeah. Well, we're going to have to let them go into the room and, and then make a move, right? We can't do anything here on the on the landing. Yeah, we just... We shouldn't be spreading up. It's dangerous. I don't like the thought of leaving her alone with him. No. No, we're not having that. He's not the greatest guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, well, then, let's... Let's wait at the door, give it a moment, and then burst in and and sort him out. No, he, he, he reports straight to Chillingworth. We'll keep it quiet. We'll keep him quiet. Tie him up in the bed sheets, gag him, that sort of thing. But if someone finds it, we need to... Oh, God. We could hide him. Is, is there anywhere we could hide him? Some sort of locked cupboard? I think there's a cupboard in the room, yeah. Well, I suppose needs must. We stuff him in the wardrobe if we have to, with the gag, as Ephraim said. Okay, but I can't be involved in this. We wouldn't ask you to, my dear. Step aside, we're professionals. Wipes a little bit of uh, mushy canapé off his moustache. Okay, I'll I'll take the key and check the attic then. We're not by yourself, surely? Well, if he's keeping people in there, we can't be wasting all this time. What if they're guarded? Just give us a minute, okay, please. Just one moment. Okay. I just... Okay. Your friend, she just... Does know, she, know, she always like that? A little bit, yes. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Okay, so we're, I'm going to I'm gonna stride up to the door. Three, two, one. And I'll open the door. And barge through. Oh, what? I was I was getting undressed. Not a word from you, sir. Back in your trousers. Is that a gun? What, what are you yeah. doing? I grab the nearest blunt object and just try and bop him on the head. Yeah, you you can roll, but I think you'll succeed unless you fumble because he's clearly looking at the gun. Yeah, okay. Uh, yep, success. Okay, I guess 1d6 damage. And of course I rolled a 1, didn't I? I... Have you got a damage bonus? No, unfortunately. Okay, he's like, ow! Ow, my head, what the f- <laughs> Not a word I said. Someone needs to gag him. Hit him, hit him again, Gabriella. Hit help. him again. What are you Harder. doing? Someone called Chillingworth. Yeah, I, I, I try and get on top of him and muffle him with like my arm or my leg or, or something. And yeah, Francis will just, just bundle on as well, ineffectually. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Um, uh, has he got a handy handkerchief or something? Oh, I've got a handy handkerchief. I, I tuck a slightly uh, canopied handkerchief into his mouth while they're wrestling him. 
How's that? There's going to be pillowcases and everything we can use as well. Yeah, exactly. Once he's not yelling for help, we can start tearing the bedsheets into strips and tying his hands together behind his back and tucking him into a wardrobe. Mm-hmm. You know, the old yes. one You're outnumbered here, Kim, significantly, so I'll allow that. However, I'm going to need a group black roll. Yeah, boy. I've got 45. Take it away. That's pretty decent okay. odds. Come on. Oh, yes, 33. Okay. So you proceed uh, without much uh, issue. You're hiding him in the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's there like... Gabriella, are you all right? Uh, of course I'm all right. I knew exactly what I was doing. Yes, um, and we knew exactly what he was doing, too. There's time for arguing later. We need to go to the attic now. He's going to get untied sooner or later. Now, quickly. All right. <laughs> we sure do. Ruth is waiting for you outside. She's like, well, just go. I wish we were a bit more subtle, but okay, let, let's go. You enter the attic. Uh, in it, you find a lavish bedroom. Lounging, semi-naked on multiple large beds are five good-looking people. They seem a little bit out of it. Are they uh, tied down? And if so, are we Not talking? Not just having a lie down. Handcuffs? They're like, ooh. Okay. Nothing is happening. They're just lounging. <laughs> Do they look like they're on drugs? Yes. Because mm. they could be either drugged to keep them quiet or they could just be standard generic bohemian NPCs, couldn't they? But why would they be locked in the attic? That's the question. Mm. Uh, sorry to barge in. Did you folk know uh, the door was locked? Oh, I... Came up here by yourselves, did you? Own <sighs> will, style of thing? Did we come? I, I think I came. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do they have clothes on the floor? There's some clothes on the floor and some on them. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're I'm going to start gathering up clothes for whoever's, <laughs> whoever's least dressed and start trying to help them dress, saying, look, we, we have to go. We have to go now. I think... I think Chillingworth wants to kill you. Uh, they start laughing at you. They're clearly very high and they don't help you get dressed and they don't pay a lot of attention to you. Ruth is in the corner watching all this. She starts crying and she's, she turns to you and says, what are we going to do? Help me get them dressed. There's time for crying later, young lady. <laughs> How are we going to get them out? They can barely move. Do you think these are the ones? This is what I was worried about. There might be more, I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe maybe they're in the attic, maybe they're just... I don't know. How does one get into the basement? The basement? The cellar? The cellar? Yes, yes. Uh, well, we've not been particularly subtle, as you said, so why do we try and get the basement open? She's like, well, the, the key should be on the same keychain that you have. Well, that's convenient. Let's open the door first and then worry about what's in there. Are we going downstairs then? Are we leaving these people here? Oh, what about these guys? That's, we can't leave them. No, we've got to bring them with us. <laughs> We're not bringing them all the way down to the basement, Ephraim. Well, let's at least get them out of here. Yes, we could move them to one of the bedrooms temporarily, check the basement, and then... I don't know, lead them downstairs and out into the street and call a cab. I don't bloody know. 
There's also a damn waiter in this room. We start feeding people into it one at a time. <laughs> the dumbwaiter goes all the way up to the attic? That's really convenient. She says, I think it goes down to the kitchen. Dumbwaiter's also quite small. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gabriella will instinctively look out of um He does the offer it as an option of sneaking in the mud though. So maybe it's big oh, enough. Are you serious? <laughs> That's a huge dumbwaiter. Maybe yeah. they're very small, Bohemians. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Gabriella instinctively looks out of the window to see if there's a joining roof um, that she could start, you know, um, herding people onto. They are very high. Yeah, in more ways than one. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it's front door or nothing. <sighs> yeah, okay. The problem we've got is any way we get these people within Chillingworth's line of sight, you know, he might be like, I don't know, second my sacrifices. Everybody yeah. turn on them. We can't but, bring them through the house, can we? Looking at the map, the kitchen has a door out. Not that we I mean, know that, but oh, we can assume. We can well, assume. We've, been, we've been in the house and wandered about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we went through every floor, didn't we? Totally. It, mm, I still think it's worth checking the basement because you never know, there could be a way out of there, for all we know. Or a, it's a cellar. All right. Is that like a coal shoot in the cellar? Not uh, I mean, I don't think you've been in the cellar. No, we wouldn't know no. that. Okay. So our options are we try and get these people out down the stairs and hide them in a bedroom temporarily, or we lock them in here again and possibly feed them <laughs> into the dumbwaiter one at a time. <laughs> oh, God. I really want to use the dumbwaiter, but it just doesn't seem beneficial. Well, what, but why? We could, we, could, we could have one of us down in the kitchen, you know, sort of receiving them... Oh, yeah, and okay. making out like this is all some fun parlour game and then sort yes. of bundling them out like, hey, send down the next one, hooray! No, you're oh, right. Yeah. That's exactly what we should do. It's all larks and hijinks. Exactly. And if they're if they're semi-dressed in that case, no one's going to notice them. It's like, let's go out to the garden to continue this fun, fun game. Yeah. It's a new no, performance run. art interpretive dance. It's almost like sliding down a fireman's pole, this, isn't it? A sexy fireman's pole. Um, why, why don't we clear the kitchen then first? I think, shouldn't we check the basement? For, the cellar, sorry. <laughs> shouldn't we check the cellar first? Yeah. This calls for a three way party split. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I said we lock them back in. I think we lock them back in. Yeah, well, what else are we going to do with them? Yeah. Well, we're going to feel really silly if we go down to the basement and it's just wine down there. And in the meantime, he nips up here and sacrifices them it's all. The cellar. That's all I'm That's saying. That's the thing, isn't basement? it? The, Sorry, the there's no cellar. way whether we can tell whether these are sacrifices or if these are well, just exactly. randomers who were trying to have a nap. If yeah. we go down to the cellar and, you know, <laughs> there are people in chains with, you know, like T-shirts on saying, oh, I got sacrificed and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> we know that that's more likely what we're after. All right. Do you think we've got time for all this back and forth? Well, no. It is approaching. It's like 11.30ish. It is approaching oh, no. the midnights. Okay. Is that what's supposed so to be we, happening? Oh, we go oh. down the dumb waiter, definitely, I think. We should do oh. that. But is there, like... um. Is there a, a, a grandfather clock anywhere? Could we wind the time back a little bit? In the attic? Brilliant. 
not necessarily in the attic, but, you know, somewhere where lots of people can see, like, down in the living room or something. Like, they're not gonna realize that it's gone back a bit, surely. What if there are multiple clocks in the house? <laughs> yeah, finding every clock in the house. Then we turn back all the clocks. <laughs> Everyone's pocket watch, <laughs> quick. At the wedding, great There's still expectations. Time. <laughs> Look, Just I think, back. shut the door, lock it so they're theoretically safe, because we have the keys, bundle down the stairs, because it's only three flights of stairs, not going to kill us, go down to the basement, <laughs> check there aren't more sacrifices in there, then Ephraim make a decision. Ephraim is drunk. I just want to remind you. God. Mmm. <laughs> Ephraim is drunk, so he's going to have a good time climbing up and down the stairs real fast. I'll be fine. I was in <laughs> Afghanistan, you know. going <laughs> to on somebody for real in a minute. But better that than shoving him in the dumbwaiter. It sounds like <laughs> there weren't that many stairs in Afghanistan. <laughs> Why doesn't Ephraim wait up here and once the kitchen's cleared, we just shout at the dumbwaiter that it's clear? Yeah, split the party. Mm. We could split the party or we could just... We could overthink it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could why, all just... are, why aren't we just walking down the stairs? <laughs> yeah, I'm so exactly. confused. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's just go. Lock go the down door, the stairs. Walk down the bloody stairs. <laughs> okay, you do that. You go to the cellar. Cellar. <laughs> it's um, the same word. <laughs> I know, but all my notes say the cellar and I get confused. <laughs> um, as you descend the stairs, you can hear a waltz played on the gramophone below you. When you enter the cellar, you see three couples dressed as 18th century French aristocrats with white powdered wigs and flamboyant makeup. Looking more closely, the people's clothes look dirty and worn, and their makeup has been applied in a sloppy fashion. The cellar is dingy, cold, and smells of urine. Uh, and was this locked as well? Yeah. And so the people dressed in the weird powdered wigs, yep. did they look drugged as well? Uh, they don't seem really good at dancing, but they don't seem like they're, f you know, fumbling about, like, drunk and stuff, no. They've escaped from the Reign of Terror module. <laughs> um, have they noticed us? Oh, they, they, are, they are drunk, but they're not, like, you know, they're, like, a normal, quite drunk, not, uh... They're less floppy than the the attic people <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but they're yeah they're, they're not very good uh right we can't leave any of these incapacitated people in attics or cellars <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna have to split the party or we can just clear this out while we're down here okay uh i propose to cut my hands around my mouth and start yelling fire and Ooh. then bustle these people out into a cab just straight up, out the front door, pay a cab driver to take him wherever the hell they tell him home is, and then we'll go deal with the attic dumbwaiter situation. But won't shouting fire cause a commotion all up and yes. down the house? No, we're in a cellar. They're gonna hear us up there. There's music and stuff. Oh, I see, you're gonna shout, you're gonna shout, we need to get out, there's a fire. These yeah, people exactly. specifically. Okay. And then we just, yeah, bundle, bundle, bundle. If we're in a cellar though, isn't it made of stone down here? Don't listen, they're drunk. The key is we <laughs> yell at them and then start pushing them up the stairs. Yeah, they're, and they're, they're on drugs. They're going to be suggestible. Exactly. We just got to act fast. 
get them out before they have time to think about it properly. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> hanging about in the cellar when there's a fire raging up top still isn't, like, fun. In that case, um, Gabrielle will get out her oxbone quellazaire and begin smoking in big puffs. <laughs> You're going to simulate a fire by yourself. Anything to provoke their senses, yes. I don't believe that just telling them there's a fire will be enough. I think Alice is going to get that smelling salts out of her chatelaine again and, and go around waving it under people's noses and be like, wake up, wake up. As soon as they, they notice you in the room, you start talking, uh, they stop. An older woman uh, from one of the couples turns to you and says in a broad Cockney accent, which you are now going to perform. <laughs> Which I'm not going to perform. Gore, blimey. Is it time yet? Ah, oh, I want to ask her stuff, but I feel like I'm committed to the fire thing. I'm going to go with the fire thing. What do you guys reckon? We could just say time for what? These are clearly the sacrifices. Mm. So, are yeah. they? Well, you think they're willing sacrifices. Well, they're in a sacrifices. place that smells of we, and they're not all together and they're they're wearing incongruous clothes i don't trust this guy not to have backup sacrifices i think we just need to get people out Mm. i'm going for it unless someone's stopping me gabriella's fanning the pipe smoke no yeah francis is not is not manful enough to stop you (laughs) yeah let's go the fire route i would say all right i start yelling at them i get all red-faced and I start trying to physically bundle them out of the room. Fire! Fire! Do roll Wait. intimidate? Yeah, absolutely. Please pass this roll. That's a 24, which is promising. Hang tight. Yeah, that's a hard success. Oh! Yeah. oh is the fire upstairs? It's spreading, don't you know? Stop trying to push him. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay, we, we could... Yep. Then they start uh, coming upstairs with you. Good, good. I will say, we need to get you into a cab. On the way up, they um, shout loudly, drawing a lot of attention to you. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, what did you hear about the fire? I, I, I don't know what it means. Maybe it's part of the performance. Not to worry, just a bit too much to drink. <laughs> anyway. Uh, several people block the exit for you. God damn it. And then uh, Chillingworth notices you and approaches. Hello, my friends. I'm so glad you could make it. Did you enjoy the performance? I can honestly say I didn't. (laughs) Uh, I see you found my dancers. It is a key part of the evening show, I'm afraid. They can't leave yet. We were told there's a fire. No fires here. Go back to practicing. I'll call you when there's time. His voice quietens. They were just locked in the cellar to prevent them from being disturbed while they rehearse. There's no need to worry. You can't keep people locked in a cellar, man. His voice rises again as he loudly declares, I'll double your payment, dancers, if you stay just until after midnight. They're like, whoa, rejoice. They accept with cheers and excitement. I am hurt you would try to ruin my evening like this. My heart aches. But... The show must go on, and I would love it if you stayed. I bet you've got us front row seats, haven't you? Oh, God. He escorts you 
towards the main area. What are you going to do to those people? I'm going to let them dance, of course. What did you think? What about the people in the attic? I don't know about any people in the attic. Really? I mean, there's people everywhere, if that's what you mean. Why did you get to see someone naked? They were locked in the (laughs) attic. That is different. Sometimes people lock themselves in to have a good time. It's approaching midnight. It gets good now. You'll love it, I promise. How are the crowd reacting to this? They're so excited. Like, everybody seems to be on board, like, yay, Chillingworth, yeah. we love Chillingworth. Yeah. The people here, do they look... I mean, do I recognise any faces from the theatre, or uh, do I think we're actually now pretty much just with his cronies? Uh, there's a lot of people, so maybe. But not necessarily. So I'm not certain, basically. And have we seen the leading man from the play earlier? Probably not. Mm, he's definitely dead. As the party continues toward midnight, the attendees' behaviour grows more extreme as emotions and desires run high and the mood becomes volatile. Arguments flare up and minor physical scuffles break out. Some folk descend into very drunken reverie, while others turn amorous. A few just kneel and pray while the party carries on around them. The rooms are filled with cigar, cigarette and opium smoke. While one might say the party is in full swing, the varied antics of those present are baser and more primal. No more social inhibitions and morals are clearly abandoned. Things are getting steamy. How big is this statuette? Hmm. Quite heavy, I'd say. Are we talking human size, larger, smaller, bigger than a bread box? I have an image on the Discord. This, it's this. Okay, so this thing is... It's two bread bins long. Yeah, exactly. And made of stone, so I guess it's quite heavy. But it's on a table. Yeah, I'm wondering, can we push it over? Or if we can't push it over, can we push the table over? I was hoping to heave it out of a window, but it might be difficult. (laughs) Same. I was hoping to just get it away from here, throw it in the river, anything. And is it like set up in a sort of ritual manner with candles around it and and offerings and and such like? Because that might also help if we can destroy anything that's around it. There's some candles around it. Do they look like they're placed in a a ritual fashion or just they're placed there because they need light? Okay. They're surrounding it. So we couldn't easily get... I mean, it's surrounded by people who are either worshipping at it or revelling around it. Yeah, there's probably, like, people having sex right in front of it. (laughs) Okay, I think we need to ask ourselves a genuine question. Are we doing any good here, or is it time for us to, I don't know, go and inform the police or something? Inform them of what, though? I I don't know. We could tell them, a, tell them a lie, tell them something's happened here so they at least come and check the place out. We could say that people are being held against their will. Yes. Yes. We know there are people in the attic being held against their will. At the very least, the police will turn up and probably upset the whole thing. As you're looking from the entrance to the drawing room onto the idol, you see people start pouring in 
quite fast, pushing you in the room. Into that specific idol room? Yep. The space around the idol is cleared, and a string quartet begins to play a waltz. The dancers from the cellar follow and begin their clumsy performance as everyone quietly watches. After the short waltz, the dancers leave, and then Chillingworth takes center stage. He begins a speech. My guests, you have been reborn tonight. You have witnessed the curtain drop and seen the world for what it is. I know at first, this can be frightening, but change always is. Your worries are now over. Our new lives, our new world begins now. Cthulhu will guide us. Cthulhu will show us the way. Cthulhu relay wagon lagon fatagon. He says. Bless you. Wagon lagon in the shack wagon. Wagon lagon fatagon. Um, the members of the artist's mind join the chant with Chillingworth, as do some of the other partygoers. Bring me the collars, he says and the half-naked and dazed people from the attic are now brought forward in front of the Cthulhu idol, where they begin to cavort in a manner that any upstanding Victorian would proclaim most lewd. Then he says, Now, for the sacrifices. You look around to see which unfortunate soul is put forward and what to do to help them. But then, you feel some hands upon you as a group of far too many people grab onto you, and without much you can do, tie you down. Once you're bound, you're placed before the idol. Everyone roll luck. It's time for your rolls. Yay. Oh, God. (laughs) We are so screwed. I will need numbers. Can everyone tell me the number and the, the score? Uh, 66, which is a fail, because it's 55, my luck. Failed by 11, basically. I rolled 55, which is a fail by 10. I rolled 18 out of 60. Uh, Lucky Gabriella, 57, fail by 2. I failed by the most by a single point. Oh, no. Uh, Gabriella, you realise that your bonds have been done loosely. And also you, Ephraim. Hmm. I guess we start struggling subtly. Um, Gabriella will try and kind of keep ten- attention away from her and start looking around to see if anyone else's bonds are loose. Are we talking about a hands behind the back situation? Like we can start trying to work them free? Yeah, uh, the feet as well. So you can roll sleight of hand to either free your feet, free another investigator's hands or feet, or potentially do something else. Mm, I do have a little bit of sleight of hand. I suppose better strength in numbers, so I think if Gabriella succeeds, then she'll try to free someone else. You can start working on it now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Come on, dice. Nope. That's fairly miserably. You start trying to get free and uh, it's working quite slowly. What was it, sorry, sleight of hand or? Stealth. 
Mm, I failed my stealth by six points, so I'd like to spend six points of luck. Spend the luck. Are you uh, freeing your own feet or someone else's? Or? Um, I guess it's quite hard to do. You have to probably free your hands first. Or I assume the first thing I'm doing is freeing my hands, yeah. Yeah. And then do you free your feet or another person's hands or feet? Uh, if I free someone else's hands, then they can start working Stealthily. on themselves. <laughs> so who's next to me? Uh, probably Gabriella. But Gabriella's hands are already... Oh, they're already loose. Mm -hmm. So I, I sort them out for her. As you're doing that, uh, while everyone's distracted, Chillingworth chants in some unknown tongue, draws a ceremonial dagger, and begins the sacrifice. He positions himself behind Francis. What are you doing? Get, get off of me! Francis! He puts the knife on his throat, and he slits it. <gasps> no! Oh God. Francis! Bastardo! As you watch your comrade's life flow from his body, you realize that all you had done had been in vain. Soon, you too will die, and there will be no one to stop this cult, their play, and the will of Cthulhu. Perhaps this was all planned, and you are just part of something greater, some scheme to bring humanity to a new age, or it means nothing. Your lives, your families, your people, your civilization, it all means nothing. So maybe nothing is really lost this day. And then, an authoritative voice shouts out, What is this? A thin white man of average height, fashionably dressed with a top hat and a cloak, along with two burly men, storms into the middle of the proceedings. His dark and sunken eyes are piercing and powerful, and he possesses a finely manicured and waxed moustache. What are you doing? Chillingworth asked the man. This performance has gone on long enough. It's over. Chillingworth looks distraught. He cries, I'm obeying the will of Cthulhu himself. This interruption is sacrilege. As he takes a breath to yell again, the man stares him in the eye, raises one finger, and silences him. Chillingworth looks absolutely terrified. In a calm voice, the mustachioed man commands everyone to go home. Shocked, they stay still or awkwardly shift in their seats until, Go. Home. He shouts this time. Everyone jumps and quickly leaves. Remaining in the drawing room studio are Chillingworth, the man and his two toughs, the five attic dwellers, who are quite oblivious to what's going on, and you. Chillingworth is escorted to the dining room by the man, while the toughs take the attic dwellers away. Can I get a sanity roll for everyone who's in Francis die? Yeah. Oh, poor Francis. Oh, Francis. Oh, Francis. Sorry, Francis. Oh, I finally failed a sanity roll. Me too. I passed. So 1d6. Uh, Alice, uh, please lose one and roll me a spot hidden. Oh, okay. <clears throat> That's a six from me. Intelligence, please. Five. Intelligence, please. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course I pass it by flying colours. <sighs> oh god, me too. You both passed. Mm -hmm. Pass of Madness time. Alice, how did your spot hidden go? I failed by five points, so can I spend luck on that? 
Yeah. Uh, you noticed Chillingworth's ritual dagger on the floor not far away from you, where he was previously standing, with Francis's blood still on it, and no one else is in the room besides you. Alice chokes back the tears which are rising because she has a job to do, and she kind of gracelessly kind of flops her way over because she's still tied up to the find the dagger and um, tries to get hold of it. And but tries you're tied to, up? Yeah. Um, is, is she mm. kind of tied to anything or are they all just like lying on the floor? To the chair. To the chair, right. Okay, so she can't move. Um, and but nobody else has managed to get free yet, is that right? Ephraim has free hands. However, he's about to roll on the uh, bout table. Mm. Uh Roll me 1d10, both, uh... Oh, have you already done them for Gabriella? Yeah, so, first one, then duration. All right. Uh, for Ephraim? That's a seven. And a three. Gabriella, you thought you would never see something this horrifying in your life. You briefly lose consciousness just for a brief second and then when you open your eyes you don't see anything did you open your eyes you seem to have gone blind from the terror of what you've just witnessed Ephraim yours is much simpler you are compelled to get as far away as possible by any means available you f you want to flee in panic Oh god, okay. I start working on my own feet as quickly as possible. Uh, you can roll me a spot hidden since you're not blind. Sorry, <laughs> Gabriella. That's a three. Extreme success. You see um, Alice trying to reach a knife on the ground that is not far away from you. Oh, I, uh, I immediately tip my chair over. I just fling myself towards it and try and grab it. Gabriella, you hear a bang. That is not a stealthy maneuver. God, why have you taken away my sight? I can redeem myself, I swear. Please forgive me. You grab the knife and you undo your feet and you're free, Ephraim. I uh, drop the knife and run. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. <laughs> Thanks, Ephraim. Hi. <laughs> nothing personal. Just gotta fair. Flee in panic. You know how it is. Of course, the the women take it again, don't they? And the men go free. Well, one of them does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that could be said for Francis. They're getting off easy. <laughs> Poor Francis. Yeah. What do what do the rest of you do? Uh, Gabriella begins saying Hail Marys. Alice? Is the knife at all where she can reach it? Kind of uh, like maybe... If she had untied her hand, she could reach it. You can see that Gabriella's hands are untied, but she seemed to be blind. Right. Gabriella! Gabriella, now stop it. Be quiet. Listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. There is a knife. It's just on the other side of the room. You, you're saying that you can't see? Am I lucid enough to pay attention to her? Yeah, you just can't see. 
I, Alice, I, I cannot see. God has taken my sight away. No, he is punishing me for. Listen, we can't. We, we can't panic. You, you've seen what they they did to Francis. Now, you need to yes, get that knife. Yes, and I deserve knife. the same. No, Ugh, we'll talk about that later. But you need to get that knife. You need to cut us both free. Now, left a bit, <laughs> bit more. And then she's kind of like almost playing warmer, warmer, colder, colder. Yeah, and you managed to get the knife. Okay. Now, if you if you bring it to me, cut my hands free, and then I, I can see what I'm doing, and I can cut you free. She, I guess, crawls on all fours with the knife held in her right hand and, and tries to follow Alice's voice, and then possibly, like, falls into her or, or whatever. <laughs> What was your second roll uh, for Ephraim? Three. Okay. Is that three hours of running away in panic? Three turns. Three turns, okay. <laughs> three hours is a long time. Yeah, I was going to say. Makes it all the way across London. You'd be in Essex by then. Mm-hmm. Okay, you start uh, cutting yourself and Alice loose. Can I get a group stealth from Alice and Gabriella, please? Okay, my stealth is base. All right, let's do it. You're Mine probably is not very base. stealthy, honestly. You've been talking quite openly. Okay, that's both well. Uh, no, another massive fail. It was a good attempt. You hear footsteps coming down the stairs. And you hear screams coming from the dining room. Perhaps there is still time to, to redeem ourselves if we if we get out. It's only going to get worse from here. Ephraim, you're a few miles away. What? What? <laughs> he runs really fast. <laughs> I, I go to warp speed. You run all the Did way it, to an underground station. A few a few meters away is what I meant to I say. I see, like, okay. Um, I mean, the time away. it took them to grow, you know, to like grow blindly across the room and get the knife, like I'm prepared to believe I made it out of the house. Sorry to make it more inconvenient but like you made time. it out of the house and you're a little bit down the street okay when you snap out of it and you realize that you've left your friends to die okay i turn around gasping wheezing uh blubbering and uh i start running back up the street um and as i go um, i'm screaming help help police you've just managed to get yourselves free Gabriella and Alice and Alice you see the Tufts following the man who interrupted the ritual have come down the stairs and they're looking at you and they say I'm afraid we can't uh, can't let you go who are you? I, I can't see you why are you doing this? we're just a cleaning crew no, no nothing personal cleaning crew? you have just seen too much and one of them is uh, holding a club. Not that Gabriella knows that, presumably. No, you just hear <laughs> hear the sound of it slamming against their palm. <laughs> Alice knows that this is probably absolutely hopeless, but she's not going to go down without a fight. So she pulls Likewise. the long, sharp stiletto hairpin from her very large, elaborate bun hairdo mm-hmm. and holds it out in front of her. I think Gabriella, in a bit of a panic, but also a rage at this point, will try and 
kind of get up and and charge and use her her height her advantage and hopefully headbutt the nearest of this cleanup crew in the stomach. <laughs> that is a bold strategy. Without being blind. able to see. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like she she's not doing it so much to get an advantage over you know you know in in the fight. It's more it's a last resort. She's trying to get out. And at least if she can occupy one of them. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. But I imagine penalties will be flying. Hmm. Uh, okay. Go ahead. They're gonna fight back. This is gonna try to... They're gonna try and grab you. Or push you to the ground, maybe. Okay. Is that for both of us? Yeah. Where the one with the club is fighting you, Alice. Okay. Okay. Well, I got a 69, and I'm going to spend 19 points of luck, because seriously. Okay, roll me damage. Ah, what about Alice? I got a 54, which is a fail by four, so I'm going to spend four points of luck. Okay. Um, uh, Ephraim, you arrive to witness uh, Gabriella slam dunk one of the tufts against the wall. What did you roll for damage? Uh, three points of damage. Okay, that's another few for hitting against the wall. Um, the man starts bleeding from the back of his head. And Alice, uh, what damage did you roll? Ugh, I rolled a one and I have a damage bonus of minus one because she's oh. not very strong. One is the minimum. So, one is the minimum. And the so other one gets really good. poked in the arm, like, ow! <laughs> and that's what you arrived to see. Well, I, I stand briefly in the in the doorway, wheezing, um, pulling the revolver out with one hand. I assume I haven't encountered any handy police officers on the way in. No. So, yeah, so one tough on the ground. There's Sorry, how many remaining? Two. Yeah, uh, nearest one. I point the gun at, um, and I try and shoot him. No, you go for it. I think so. This is clearly rough times. They just killed Francis. There's no messing around now. Go for it. Uh, that is a 51, which is a normal success. You rolled through all your damage. Oh my god, I just rolled a 1. I get a plus two, but still. <laughs> you oh. graze the same the same arm that's been pricked by the <laughs> by the pin. He's like, God. <laughs> he grabs his friend and rushes away through the kitchen and starts running through the kitchen. Ah, oh, they're gonna climb into the dumbwaiter and make it up to the attic. Let them go. Uh, Gabriella, you now start to regain your vision after having regained some control. Ephraim, is that you? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm sorry I left, I... Where yes, it's me. did you go to? You left us. You I don't left know what came over Francis me. dead here and you left us to... I can't even look at you right now, Ephraim. God, you're right. I'd like to uh, help Gabriella up. Yep. Uh, Gabriella is up. She smacked She's the guy. She's fine. fine. Everyone's, everyone's okay besides Francis. Sorry, Francis. I think she'd still be sort of... <laughs> Blinking hard and rubbing her eyes as things come yeah. back into focus, but um, I think Gabriella still feels a little bit, you know, 
bit more sympathetic towards um, towards Ephraim, given he has come back. So that's at least something. Uh, do you? What do you do? Do you leave? Yeah. <laughs> Gabrielle's yeah. keen to leave at least. Do you leave the front door through the kitchen? I kind of don't want to leave Francis's body here, but that's yeah. Uh... Alice is going to kneel down by Francis's body just to double check that there is absolutely no hope and that he is gone. If there was hope at some point, there isn't any now. And she is probably the first time you've seen her be soft at all. She just kind of gently cups his cheek and said, I wish things could have been different, Francis. I am sorry. And then wipes her eyes and gets up. Come on, the spirits will look after him. Trust me. Well, I suppose it, nothing can be helped by us staying here. You living through the front door? Whatever's closest, I would imagine. Well, the front door's the one I just came in by, right? So I know it's clear. This way, it's it's safe. And you leave Ernest Chillingworth's Soho studio, one man down. Let's do a quick uh, short-term and long-term what each character does as we conclude this scenario. I think Ephraim, um, probably, although he lost many people in the war, including his uh, beloved Batman, uh, Strong, what was his name? Merton Strong in the Arm. Um, I think, yeah, seeing Francis uh, killed in front of him like that when he was utterly helpless really rattles him coming off the back of the whole uh, life is pointless and everything you ever ascribed value to is meaningless sort of uh, theme of the evening. So he definitely returns home somewhat um, a changed man, and I think his his poor wife and daughter probably have to watch him become increasingly detached um, from the general business of you know running the household and going to the club and whatever he normally occupied his days with, and instead he spends a lot of time trying to make whatever amends he can with any living relatives he can find for Francis. I think he just you know he tries to make some. He, 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 I think he would, he would have tried to make amends any way he could. He feels terribly guilty for having run off, so he tries to get the body recovered. Is that going to be possible, Keeper, or does it just vanish mysteriously? Uh, if you returned, you have seen the entire building has been burned down. Oh, well, okay, yeah, just, okay, that's that. So picture him just sort of, like, kneeling outside the building and crying to himself. Um... And then subsequently, yeah, trying to track down family members and, I don't know, make some donations for, uh, you know, like nieces' college funds or equivalent, Victorian Britain equivalent. Uh, and then after that, he he dedicates himself to a kind of wild goose chase, trying to find out who the well-dressed man with the top hat was, <laughs> making inquiries anywhere he can think to, um, trying to find out who this, uh, this puppet master is. Do you tell... Uh, Lord Gladstone anything? Oh god. <laughs> I forgot about the guy. I completely forgot. Um, I think maybe that's more of a group decision. Okay. I assume we're in, we're in touch after all this, although it's possible that Ephraim dodges your telegrams for a couple of days because he is tremendously ashamed. What does Alice do? Alice, I think, throws herself into her work. Uh, both in the short term and the long term. I think like Ephraim, she probably doesn't talk to anybody for a few days. She needs a little bit of time to process it and any kind of telegrams or anything go unanswered for the moment. And um, eventually 
eventually she'll she'll speak to people again but i don't think she ever kind of gets over this i think she for the rest of her life she becomes even more kind of stern and unapproachable um and eventually i think the stress will get to her and and she'll likely develop something of a laudanum habit she probably can't sleep for a long time but she just keeps on working she never goes to the theater again as long as she lives and I think eventually she's going to probably die at her desk. I think, unlike the other two who kind of detached themselves a bit more from what they thought was um, pleasurable to them, I think Gabrielle would do the opposite and almost throw herself in even further to her craft. For a fleeting moment, she thought that God was punishing her and... Um, you know, rebuking her for what she had done, but actually it was simply either a test or it was something that these terrible people had done. And she knows that, you know, London is London. There are so many spirits that are lost without any sort of meaning. And that whole thing about meaningless really does kind of um, speak to her in that all her life as a medium, she has tried to give spirits meaning in order to let them pass. Um, so she does, and she continues in that line of work. But she also does make the effort to find out um, Francis's rising sign, and whatever sign that is, whether it's Venus or what have you, that is when she visits the burnt-down um, apartment in Soho, and uh, pays homage um, to Francis every month. Uh, what does everyone uh, do about Lord Richard Gladstone, who probably starts contacting you at some point, oh, asking yeah, what true. you found? I think because uh, Gabriella was really the one that he reached out to, she's happy to to tell him the story of what happened. Uh, you tell him the truth? Yeah. Uh, he is furious at you making up a story. I am telling you the truth, Lord Gladstone. Uh, he begrudgingly pays you, but never speaks to you again. He was not ready to hear the truth. Unfortunately, not everyone is. And uh, before we end this, I also have a feeling that all of you would have kept some very thorough journals and written down one way or another exactly what happened with particular detail when it comes to that idol. Oh, for definite. Sketches, detailed diagrams. <laughs> Eventually, was there anyone in your life that was significant enough for you to tell them stories about what happened that they might or might not have believed? I don't think Alice would tell anybody anything, but yeah, I think she would keep a diary, particularly when she stops sleeping and when nightmares and insomnia start taking hold. I think she would sit up nights writing notes. Ephraim's young daughter, Adelaide, um, witnesses a great change in her father, who was always so upstanding, so careful about his health, so prim and proper 
um, suddenly he he falls very much off the wagon um, and starts obsessing about strange things, mysterious men he can't seem to get hold of, a friend who died in mysterious circumstances, a, a, an odd week where he sort of disappeared for days at a time and just won't talk about what happened. And yeah, he starts locking himself away in his study with a brandy decanter um, and a journal. Um, and I think he won't, you know, sort of tell her bedtime stories per se, but I think in moments of uh, particular confusion or a bit too much brandy or, you know, when she sneaks in and um, and he just doesn't have the energy to, to, to bat her away as he normally does, um, he'll sort of let things slip and perhaps give her a bit of a, uh, yeah, an interest in this, this strange mystery, this event that so changed her father. Actually, there is one person. I think Gabriella would speak to a good friend of hers um, who she was with when she um, spent time at the local women's shelter, uh, someone called Florian Dupont, and they can confide in each other. And... I think especially if Florine has has done some work with her, then she would definitely warn her that there are, you know, organisations within London uh, who dabble in the wrong sort of supernaturalism and to be careful of them and kind of frame it more in that way rather than this is exactly what happened, especially after, you know, Lord Gladstone freaking out a bit too much. Excellent. And we have concluded Loki's gift. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Jason, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Brayden. You have all been the best. And a big massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find a link to our Discord community as well as all of our social media links on our website at stazarite.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsaright.com forward slash reviews. Thank you. <laughs>